Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Are you looking to wager on all the big games in sports? Well, I have great news for you. Our partners at Bet Online they continue to get it done as the number one betting source for you. NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, we have golf, horse racing, and everything heating up this Major League Baseball season as well. You'll get latest odds, team matchups, and game trends at Bet Online. Just log on today to betonline.ag or use your mobile device to get started. But listen up. Make sure you use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. That's B-L-E-A-V to get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag or your mobile device. BetOnline. Get started today. BetOnline is where the game starts. You know, it is that time of year in sports where it is all heating up, not just the weather, but the events. We're coming off the NFL draft. We have MLB. We've got the NHL and NBA playoffs. How about Horse Racing's Triple Crown and the PGA Championship, just to name some of the major sporting events we'll see in the next few months and have seen the last several weeks. Every event presents opportunities for inspiration and controversy, as well as new heroes and comeback stories. Ever wonder how to get into sports journalism? Well, I started my career at St. Bonaventure University. I attended their campus long before online degrees were a thing. But with their online Master of Arts in Sports Journalism, you'll learn how to find and talk about the most compelling stories, no matter the sport all from the comfort of home. An advisory committee of journalism school alums shape this innovative program. Courses are taught by experienced professors and include master classes led by industry experts. As an SBU graduate, you join a network of fellow Bonnies, including the New York Post's Mike Beccaro and ESPN's Raina Banks. The online Master of Arts in Sports Journalism builds strong skills and ethical foundations for successful careers. Coursework emphasizes the importance of multimedia reporting and incisive storytelling. Program graduates are prepared to tell stories at the intersection of sports, gender, and race. Take the next step in your sports journalism career by contacting an enrollment advisor at sbujournalism.com. Hi, this is Bob Costas, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. The ML Sports Platter back with you. We are brought to you by Welch & Company Jewelers, Stanley Law Office's Bonnet Sales and Service, and our great friends over at Rosie's Corner. Pizza, wings, pasta, hot and cold subs, and more. Make sure you stop by every Friday for Fish Friday, Route 11 in Brewerton if you're in and around Central New York. And a tip of the cap, thank you as well to Brewerton Ace Hardware and Stumbling Monkey Brewing Company. Let's bring them in, Bay Area Sports Insider. It's my good buddy, Joe Castellano. You can, of course, co-catch his sports virus platform all over the major podcast platforms uh, where uh, podcasts are found. Uh, he hosts covering the Niners, the Giants, the Warriors, all of it, and also uh, works on the Pac-12 Network and the CBS Sports play-by-play side of things as well. 30-plus years now in the dec- in, in, in the world of covering sports, and uh, all those decades have really uh, shown, and, and Joe's really a pro, and he's, he's one of the best in the business, and I'm uh, really proud to call him a friend as well. I haven't seen him in so long. Last time was, gosh, years ago in Cooperstown uh, on a back deck eating pizza with my guy Rocco Carbone and my guy Matt Michael. Uh, who are close with him as well. But let's bring him in, the Bay Area Sports Insider, to talk some 49ers offseason as we get ready for training camp and really the NFL, the NFL season, which is right around the corner, and the San Francisco Giants. Kind of been a surprising team this year in Major League Baseball, and I'm going to get a couple of takes, too, on this wild upcoming Pac-12 football season where it's quarterbacks galore led by one Caleb Williams. Joe Castellano, the sports virus on Twitter, 
at the sports virus. What's up, Big Joe? How are you, man? Hey, Mike. Everything's going well. How are you doing? Hanging in there. Uh, we'll start right out with this San Francisco Giants team. I mean, uh, youth invasion. I didn't see it coming. Where do you, where do you land on these guys, and who the hell are they? <laughs> who are these guys? <laughs> that, is, that is the perfect phrase. I didn't see it coming either. Honestly, I wasn't very excited about this team in spring training. It uh, didn't seem like they had top prospects to help them out. Uh, the offseason couldn't have gone any worse when they're going after Aaron Judge. It looks like they might have a shot at him, and then they don't get him. And then they do indeed sign Correa, but Carlos Correa, you know, the, the medical comes back bad, and that was a disaster. So I didn't see it coming at all, and I really thought the biggest issue was going to be defense, Mike, because, I mean, I just looked around, and I said, they, they don't have anybody – that's good defensively besides Crawford and Brandon Crawford's aging at this point. Uh, so I was worried about that. And even the relief pitching after last year, which wasn't very good, but man, the relief pitching has been good. The young players that you mentioned have been so exciting. They've come up and injected life played really well. I mean, a guy like Casey Schmidt is going to be a really good player. He's been in a swamp lately, so he kind of slowed down, but I think the, the biggest surprise is Patrick Bailey. I mean, here's a guy who's a, a young catcher, switch hitter. They said he couldn't hit very well from the right side. Well, all he's doing is hitting home runs from the right side and handling the pitching staff well. So, I mean, really, the, the future is now with those younger guys. They're mixing in well with the veterans. And this team, even though they've had all kinds of injuries, Mike, they're still just on a roll. They had that big winning streak, and now they're right up there with the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks. See, I got to tell you, I'm so glad that you brought up the Judge and Correa thing because sometimes in sports, you know, the best trades and the best signings in free agency that you don't make are, are the best ones. And and I got to tell you, Carlos Correa has slipped a great deal, low average. He's boomer bust now, still a great fielder, and he still is a flair for the dramatic kind of player. He's, re he's really good. He's obviously a big-time talent. But I could name 20 to 30 players falling out of bed I'd rather have than Carlos Correa. And as far as Aaron Judge goes, and you know how much of a Yankee guy I am, when he's healthy, we know he's great. But the Yankees had him under team control. Brian Cashman and all those guys just let it go, and then he becomes a free agent, and they had to bid against themselves and eventually the Padres and eventually the Giants. And Aaron Judge is always hurt. I mean, I'm sorry. He's the face of the Yankees. He's this, he's that. He's a class act. A little bit of Jeter in him. You hear all that stuff. But, Joe, he's always hurt, and... Look, he had a great year last year, won the MVP, historic proportions, but here we are again in 2023, and Aaron Judge, as we record this, my prediction is he's not going to play again the rest of this year with this toe ligament thing. I'm telling you right now, the Giants yeah. are better off not signing either of these guys. Yeah, I mean, especially I think Correa. I wasn't a big fan of that because it was a long 13-year contract. Yeah. You know, Judge, I really still wanted them to get him, but I, I didn't think it was going to happen. I think maybe you had asked me about it, and I, I just – I was not optimistic that the Giants were going to swoop in and beat out the Yankees for that one. I still think it would have been great to have Judge here, even if he does, as you said, miss you know the rest of the season, which I hope that doesn't happen. But I still thought you know for the long term he would have been he would have been great here. But you know it didn't happen. So now you've got other guys. I mean, I'll tell you the one player that I really liked that they sort of fleeced the Mets on was J.D. Davis. Mm. I love the way that guy hits. Uh, I didn't realize that he had that good of an arm at third base. I mean, he could really throw the ball from third. So he's one of those guys, one of the veteran guys. And even Mike Yastrzemski is having a much better bounce back year, although he just recently got hurt. But uh, he's had some really big clutch 
moments. And that's who the team did a couple of years ago. In 2021, the Giants were just like, I thought they were the luckiest team in baseball. They they kept winning games that you didn't think they were going to win. And that's kind of the way it's been this year. They're doing a lot of comeback victories. But, you know, in, in some cases where you don't have an overwhelming superstar on the roster or two or three, you know, or if you're the Dodgers or you're, you, know, you, you have seven or eight, right? Um, sometimes this is the way to kind of start getting back to things, right? Because these young guys, every day they're going out trying to play to keep their jobs, right? And that's that's a part of the, the, the winning that they're developing, is it not? Yeah, I think that that's true because you got to give an opportunity sometimes. And it's weird because when somebody goes down, like at Mikey Stremsky, who I just said, uh, the first thing you think in your mind is, wow, that, that's worrisome that they just lost a guy who was really on fire and hitting all these big home runs and everything. But then it gives a chance to a player like Luis Matos, who is a hot prospect. He was swinging about great in A. They bring him up, and now he's injected more life into the team. He hit his first major league home run the other day, and he looks like you know a guy who's really going to have a great career. He's only, I think he's 20 years old right now. So he's very young. Uh, he's going to learn, and he's probably going to have his ups and downs, but you get him at a hot moment when he really was swinging well in AAA, and you bring him up, and that adds to your team. I love the mix of young and the veteran guys. I think the, the weakness right now for the Giants is that they need another starter. I mean, they just they've yeah. had some issues with injuries there, and they just need one more because you can't, I don't think, you can keep throwing out openers, you know, at least once a week, sometimes twice a week. It's just going to kill your bullpen by the end of the season. So they need another starter that they could count on. It's going to give them six innings, seven innings, you know, much the way Logan Webb does almost every time out. But you're going to need just more than that. You, you need another guy, another arm. Uh, and, you know, I don't know where they're going to get that, but they need to make a deal to have that happen. Brandon Crawford. You know, here's a guy who's been a giant his whole career. Uh, he's 36 years old, I believe. I think he won two of the three in those even-year World Series, 2012 and 14. Um, yeah. He, he's, he's just a battler. He's a grinder. He's a veteran guy. He's one of those guys you're, you're, you're alluding to here. How do you think Giant fans will remember Brandon Crawford? I think they'll remember him kind of the way I do is just the spectacular plays. And being a gamer, you know, coming up with big hits, big home runs, uh, very calm demeanor, good-natured guy, family guy. Uh, but mostly I think they're going to remember just some of these spectacular plays. I'll, I'll tell you, when, when Omar Vizquel was here, and he wasn't here very long, but when he was here and he was at the end of his career – I just thought, wow, that guy is beautiful to watch. I don't, I don't know that the Giants are going to do better than that when he leaves. Well, they did in a big way because the athleticism that Crawford had, I'm never going to forget it. I mean, it was similar to probably Cardinals fans watching Ozzie Smith. He really was that good. Could have won the gold glove every year. Uh, you know, I just look forward to seeing him play shortstop every day. And, yeah, he's lost a lot. I mean, he's definitely older now, lost a step, making mistakes out there. Not the same guy, but I'm always going to remember the way he was in his prime. What do you think of the pitch clock? You know, at first I was totally against it. Uh, I just don't think I have anywhere to go. I want to just watch a baseball game or have it on in the background, and I don't care how long it goes. But honestly, I like it now because I do like the pace of the game. Awesome. You don't have guys stepping out so long. Uh, I don't know. Honestly, Mike, I don't know what you think, but I don't know that you keep it in the postseason. I still like the drama 
of a batter being able to back out and just the buildup of that drama, especially late in the game, that is going to be missing if you have that in the postseason. I wish they would eliminate it for postseason, but during the regular season, I really do like the pace a lot better. I would get rid of it in the postseason as well, and my analogy is the National Hockey League. I love three-on-three overtime. I can't get enough of it. But then in the playoffs, you can't have that because you're losing the five-on-five, the drama, the up-and-down, the block shots, the craziness. It's just too open. I would do that exactly what you just said. And, oh, by the way, you know we wouldn't have had the at-bat in the World Baseball Classic with Shohei against Mike Trout if we had the pitch clock. So we do need that in October. I would get rid of it for the postseason. But, man, in the regular season, amazing stuff. New York uh, reporters and talk show hosts were talking about how on opening day – it was so amazing to watch both games in full by both teams because of the pitch clock. Because I think it was, was it the Yankees played during the day? They watched the Yankee game, and then and they, that was over in 2.30, and then they had time to go and watch the Met game, you know, or vice versa. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. I think, I think that is good. That's, that's one of the rules that I do like. I actually do like banning the shift. I mean, you can still shift. You just can't overshift. And I like that. I think it's opened up the game to get back to where, you know, a base hit up the middle should be a base hit up the middle. A ball, ball hit hard up the middle. I, I want a single out of that. You know, that's just the way baseball has been played forever. The one rule that I really, really hate that they've got to go back and, and just forget about is putting a runner at second base in extra innings. It's just, it's not baseball. How did that guy get there? He didn't earn his weight on there. I know that a game can go really long if you go 15, 16 innings, but you can't just completely change the game and turning it turning it into you know beer league softball all of a sudden i, I hate that one I, I can't get used to it can't stand it either and yeah. rob manford drives me nuts and then you've got the bases right like it, oh well they don't run the bases enough so uh and hitting and runs and all this stuff we're gonna try to get more of that so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make the bases bigger how about how about you just go play baseball with the regular bases you don't need that you know it's like i just i'm with you the artificial part of the game drives me bananas a uh, couple uh, more here with Joe Castellano from the Sports Virus here on the ML Sports Platter, brought to you by our good friends at Stanley Law Offices and Rosie's Corner. Um, the the Niners, I wanted to just hit on a couple quick things here. We're, when is it going to change where the Niner narrative isn't, wow, best roster in football, but what about the quarterback, right? I mean, we're here again, aren't we? We're going into the year again. For whatever reason it is, it's this way every single year, Joe. How long have we talked about this Niner team having the best roster in football, but then the question mark at the most important position in sports? Well, I honestly think there wouldn't be a question mark if Brock Purdy was healthy. I mean, I was really impressed with that kid. He sees the field. He knows where he's going with the ball most of the time. For a young quarterback... I was so impressed. And, you know, he's got a lot of experience in college. He he played a lot of games, which is totally the opposite of Trey Lance, who really didn't have any mm-hmm. experience. I thought Brock Purdy was a great fit. And then he gets hurt in the NFC Championship. And it's just so disappointing that he's really not going to be back until at least week one. And it, it just leaves things up in the air. You know, does Darnold start week one? I think he does. I, I don't know what kind of an answer Darnold is. Maybe, you know, for temporary use. Uh, but I really think if Purdy's going to be healthy, they're going to be fine. I love the way that guy throws the football. I love his tenaciousness. He kind of reminds me of a young Brett Favre. So I think they're all set if he's going to be healthy. Okay, final one. Who's more important to the 49ers, Nick Bosa or Debo Samuel? Wow, wow. That's a hard choice right there. Uh, 
I'm probably going to say Bosa, but only slightly because, I mean, that pass rush all goes through him. He just intimidates quarterbacks. Uh, now that you have Hargrave, you got really a one-two punch there. But I, without Samuel, the offense doesn't go because that guy is amazing the way he bounces off tacklers. He never stops. I mean, he just – I've never seen a guy fight for extra yardage more than him. And Kittle is up there too. So they've got a lot of guys who are great yards after catch kind of players and yards after contact. Uh, but, you know, Samuel can beat you in so many ways. I thought they overdid it a little bit with him being in the backfield. I, I think it's good to run him every once in a while. But you don't want to do that too much. He's going to get hurt that way. And also I think the defense just keys on that after a while. Uh, but I'll take Bosa just slightly over Samuel there for your, for your question. See, I would take Samuel because of how Kyle Shanahan's offense works. I, I'm, I'm with you on the backfield thing. I think it's a little overuse. But if you notice the way teams are drafting in the NFL, they're drafting to find a Swiss Army knife like Debo Samuel. They're drafting to find somebody. They're changing offenses to get the next Debo Samuel in a copycat world. So I would actually lean eh, maybe by a sliver. Uh, towards Debo. Yeah, I mean, I love the way he plays, and it opens it up for everybody else. And I, I think the development of Brandon Ayuk is important. Um, you know, I think early in his career he's dropping too many passes, but he's got a lot of ability. He's got a lot of upside. And if Kittle can stay healthy, and that's another if, you know, because he seems to get hurt every season, and that's a killer because he really is big. Uh, I thought that Brock Purdy developed a really nice rapport with Kittle. He would find him in the key spots. And that's what I think Garoppolo liked as well. That, that's something that Trey Lance was missing. He wasn't really finding Kittle. And if, if he's healthy, that is a great one, two, three punch of those three guys uh, for the offense. Plus, you know, running game, it's always good. I mean, Mike Shanahan, I'm sorry, Kyle Shanahan, following in the footsteps of his dad, Mike Shanahan, they always have good running guys. They always have a good system with the zone blocking. So you're always going to, you know, get five or six yards of carry, it seems like, no matter who's back there. Oh, you know what? I had to sneak in one more on the Pac-12. Are you kidding me? Going into this year with these quarterbacks led by Caleb Williams at USC, and you've got, this is, it almost seems like it's the final, you know, uh, extravaganza, right? The, the, the firework blast at the end, right? But like, shooting your load for the last year of the Pac-12, possibly, with UCLA and USC going to the Big Ten. You've got all these unreal quarterbacks, I don't know, Joe. This could be an epic, epic kind of final way to, to for the conference to kind of, you know, send them off to the Big Ten with the way these quarterbacks look and the way the competition is. I'm telling you right now, I got USC going to the college football playoff. Well, I love that. You know, I'm a USC alum, so I know. I'm, I'm pretty excited about this season. Yeah, I'm glad that Caleb will be there leading the charge. I mean, that guy is so talented. You know, every time I watched him last year, I thought, this guy right now could be starting for an NFL team mm -hmm. and really helping them because he just he's, he's such a great quarterback already. He doesn't even need to develop that much more. Yeah, no doubt about that. Well, he covers the Pac-12 and, of course, the San Francisco Giants and the Niners and the whole Bay Area scene. It's my guy, Joe Castellano. Go get him at the Sports Virus on Twitter. Thanks a lot, Joe. Thanks, Mike. Hope you have a great summer. All right, I have a couple of thoughts on Debo Samuel. I'm going to get to that next year on the ML Sports Platter, brought to you by Stanley Law Office's CH Insurance and Rosie's Corner. ML Sports Platter back with you all over the major platforms, brought to you by Rosie's Corner, Burton Ace Hardware, and Stanley Law Offices. Together, they'll work to get you the maximum reward. I brought up with Joe the Debo thing that he's a little bit more important because I think you have to look at 
so position order for me in terms of importance is obviously quarterback number one, edge rusher to stop the quarterback number two, which would make me pick Nick Bosa probably in most cases, right? But this is a very special circumstance because of how good Debo Samuel is and how effective he is in that offense. And I think the biggest thing, again, teams are drafting to find the new Debo Samuel. They're copying some of the things that Kyle Shanahan does. They want a Swiss Army knife. They want to put him in the slot. They want to move him around. They want to use him as sort of a, 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 a I don't know, a, a running, running, um, you know, like a running back sort of thing, a Swiss Army knife kind of thing. I, it's just, it, it, it's really, really, really incredible how um, Debo Samuel's used. It's just, it's, it's remarkable. And so I will tell you right now that the Bills are going to try to do not, not quite what Debo Samuel does, but with Dalton Kincaid, they're going to try to take him. He's technically a tight end by, by name on a roster, but they're going to try to use him in the slot in sort of some Debo Samuel fashion. So um, in this specific case, I would take Debo Samuel. Anyway, really appreciate Joe Castellano coming in, one of my favorite people uh, coming on, I should say. Just does a terrific job covering the Bay Area sports scene. Mike Lindsley with you here at the ML Sports Platter, brought to you by Bet Online and sponsored in part by Ken's Auto Detailing, Barks and Rock Doggy Daycare, and Welch and Company Jewelers. Shop the showcase today at welchjewelers.com. And also appreciate friends of the platform, including the Swan and Whitaker families, Bob Lindsley, Daryl Abert, and the Alonzo family. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.